More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. How family business branding impacts consumer perception. Leveraging family ownership is a unique opportunity for family businesses when formulating their branding strategy. Whether by adding the typical aunt sons or aunt daughters to their names or including the message in product branding, there is a myriad of ways to emphasize a family legacy is operating behind the scenes of a business. Historically, business families have been known to underline their ownership to instill trust in their consumers. Turning family business branding into a competitive advantage, however, is far from an exact science. If executed improperly, it could even be a misstep with serious consequences. We spoke to Dr. Claudia Bins Astrakhan and Dr. Joe Astrakhan about the impact of family business branding, the various approaches families can use when marketing their products and services, and why they must be prepared for what such a strategy entails. Enjoy this episode with Claudia and Joe. Right, guys. So we're going to talk about family business branding, right? Very interesting that this is a topic that actually brought us together. It really if is. If it wasn't for this topic, we probably wouldn't be married. So let's get started again here. There's a big loaded statement here from, from Joe. If it weren't for the topic of family business branding, you guys probably wouldn't be married today. Yeah. We, want, we want to know why. Okay, give us the story. All right. It was 2011. And there was an IFIRA conference in Palermo. Uh, Palermo. Uh, in Sicily. And I was writing my dissertation. I had started writing my dissertation in 2010. And I was uh, still trying to figure out, you know, how to explore this topic. And part of my thesis has a qualitative approach and somebody, and I don't remember who that was, said, you need to get in touch with Torsten Pieper because he's a qualitative researcher. He's really good. You know, just get, he's really nice. So why don't you reach out to him and maybe he has some advice on software you can use for data analysis. So I reached out to Torsten and we were emailing back and forth and he said, well, I'm going to be at IFIRA. So if you want to meet up and we can talk about your research and I can, you know, give you some pointers. So Torsten and I agreed to meet and Torsten told Joe, I'm meeting this researcher and she's doing something on family business branding. Do you want to tag along? And so he did. Well, because that had been one of my topics of interest. Right. So that's, that's where we met. Um, so it was 2009. I changed, um, I quit my job at UBS and I started working at HSLU um, part-time and um, because I wanted to, to get my PhD. So I was in the process of figuring out the topic and, you know, worked in Lucerne. I, um, I still lived in Zurich. So I was, um, I took the train from Zurich to Lucerne every day. And then one day I got off the train and there were these um, people handing out chocolate from Camille Bloch, piece of chocolate. And there was a little, you know, a, a leaflet um, that they handed out. And it said, we're a family business, you know, since blah, blah, blah. And, you know, family owned, family managed. Um, these are our values. And I read this and I said, this is a really strong statement. This is really cool. So I started looking, I started Googling, um, you know, what other, what other companies 
do this. And I came across SC Johnson, of course, and then a couple other com- other companies. And I, you know, just started looking for research on the topic. And there was very little. There were maybe four or five papers exploring this. And then a lot of anecdotal evidence, you know, it's it's good for consumer trust and customer loyalty. And then it had another couple of effects such as um, increased within the company, increased um, customer and quality orientation. So I thought it was really an intriguing topic because it allows a company to showcase something that is unique to every single company, the, the identity of the family. So even if you have 10 families and they all promote what we call a family business brand, they're still all going to be unique because they talk about their family history and their family values. And they're going to portray characters within the families from, you know, this generation or from past generations. So even, you know, the argument that, well, but what if all companies in your industry do that? It's still going to be unique because every family identity is unique. Can I just ask though, like, so when you started studying this, what was the assumption and what sort of were you able to prove afterwards in terms of what does the mention of family ownership or family management trigger on the consumer side? So like, were there specific emotions that were associated with it? You know, you mentioned briefly loyalty, but what other things could you sort of correlate with it? Early on, I did a bunch of very basic papers. So one of them was just um, trying to figure out what are the general association that the notion of family triggers with the general public and their role as consumers. And there, and I did a, um, a study where I asked them for associations with non, you know, publicly owned companies, non-family businesses, and then family owned companies specifically. So the associations that came up for family businesses were trustworthy, they're quality oriented, they're small, they offer limited career opportunities, there, you know, there's a lack of transparency. So positive and negative associations. But what was interesting is that when I matched them with the associations for the publicly owned companies, they were like completely, yeah, diametrically opposed, which, you know, is intuitively you're like, yeah, that makes sense. But still to see it on paper is then something, something completely different. So it seems as though family owned companies trigger a very specific set of associations with consumers that allow them to differentiate them from non-family companies. So that was an important first step to really be able to say, yes, it is perceived as a different type of company. So that was very important. And then with regards to consumer, um, another paper I did in conjunction with the first paper was kind of classifying these um, associations and different types of associations. And I could say that um, consumers are particularly drawn to the relational qualities they associate with family companies. So them being warm and caring and, you know, feeling responsible for their employees and for the environment, et cetera, et cetera. So it was more more transactional on the other side. Yeah. And then moving on from that, I went to employees to see, you know, what effect does it have on a job seeker to know a company's family owned. And in my research, I could find differences for people that were very strongly attracted to family businesses versus, and those that really said, I never want to work for a family business in terms of what they appreciate in a workplace and an employer. My data did not support the assumption that there's a tremendous difference for employees. 
For, so if for employer branding, it's not exactly the same. Whereas when it comes to branding your products and services, there could be deemed to be a clear advantage in using the family ownership card. Is that what you're saying? There is a clear advantage for a certain type of consumer and a certain yes. type of employee. And the question is, how do you access the things that make somebody into that type of person? Part of that is is uh, you know, social trends, sociological trends, and economic trends. Not our data, but the data with the Edelman survey suggests that family businesses are well-trusted around the world, except for certain economies like South Korea, where there have been a lot of scandals, where they have low trust as opposed to high trust. So, for example, in most of the, in most of the West, there is a, an increasing distrust with government institutions. Um, that might be changing, but as of the last few years, that's the way it's been, which has led to an increasing trust in family businesses. And also what our data suggests, and also I've seen this number in other research, we find that about 30% of the people are strongly attracted to family businesses, 30% are pretty indifferent, and 30% do not like them. And okay. that sounds odd, but it's, this ratio keeps popping up in different, and also in the employer branding. And as Joe said, you know, the, the question is, how can, you, how can you appeal to those that have a preference? How can you mitigate the negative effects for those that are neutral? Do you think that there is a difference between advantages in using family ownership in branding when it comes to different industries? For instance, so you were inspired by the example of the chocolate. Now we know that a lot of food brands tend to use the card of being there for a long time. And, you know, the, there's a secret recipe that comes from the family. It, it's, it's a clear advantage. Are there other industries that you can think of where you'd be like, well, it's, it's a clear win there? The research says, yes, there's industry differences. We're not entirely clear why some industries seem to be more adequate for promoting a family business brand. But I personally think that it has a lot to do with industries where trust is important. It works really well. So food, food, anything, as Cho said, that you put on your body, in your body, um, you want to have, you want to feel good about that because it, it's on you and in you. That's the, the emotional aspect of the trust. But then there's also Another part, if you make a large purchase, like the luxury industry, where the notion of family is a proxy for craftsmanship and quality and customer orientation, which also, you know, can you want to be able, if you make a large purchase and if you buy something that's really meaningful to you, then you want to be able to trust the company or the person that sells that to you. Um, so luxury craftsmanship, and then also very traditional, and that goes with craftsmanship, traditional industries. And you've interviewed a lot of those families um, where they can just, you know, talk about how their knowledge has been passed on from generation to generation. And they're, they have an advantage over other companies because they have so much knowledge within the organization that's just built over centuries. That's, that's a very unique asset that they have. So we did, when we did this research report on branding for the Institute for Family Business in the UK, we did a bunch of case studies. And one of them was with Warburton's, which is a bakery. And it's a bunch of uh, cousins. And, yeah, not just a bakery, but like an industrial bakery. Yes, industrial bakery. They're big. 
And it's a bunch of cousins running the company in there. Apart from being hilarious, they also in their advertising. So it seems like their advertising really reflects their sense of humor. So there's different approaches. You can do humor. You can do, you know, we care about the quality. You can do, we care about the environment and our people. So there's very different approaches to tying this notion of family into the advertising, which, um, uh, which is super interesting to look at. So and there's, there's also there, another one that's used is this kind of halo effect, which is we're a good family and we do good things. And if you buy our products, you'll be like us too. Yeah. So. Thinking that because customers, consumers want to identify with a company. So if they identify with a the company, they consider it an extension of themselves. So they want to feel good about the company. So if the company basically tells them, you can feel good about themselves because we are good. You can say you're a family business all day long. The consumers are going are gonna to say, so what? What does that do to me or for me? If you are unable as a company to clearly tell your consumers, we're a family business and this is why that's good for you. If you fail to, if you're unable to do that, then it's completely meaningless to promote your family, your, your family business brand. I find it really interesting that we really have examples of all sizes of companies that have decided to use family business branding. How does size factor in as an influencing variable here when it comes to the benefits of family business branding? And do you think it has an influence? Yeah, we do know that smaller companies are more likely to promote their family business brands um, and also older companies, which makes, which makes sense. So when we go back to the associations people have with family business is that they naturally think family businesses are small. So based on that, you would think that it's more powerful for small companies to use it because it's more believable. It's more natural. Whereas bigger companies, you know, there's always that trade-off between, well, you know, but then you're a powerful family and you're, you're you know, overly wealthy and, you know, the kids are spoiled. So there's a lot of negative association that size can trigger in terms of the family. So um, there's just more more mitigating that I think you have to do as a large family business. One of the things that flows very naturally for family businesses, we're integral members of the community and our businesses. One of the building blocks or if not keystones in the archways of our communities. And if you're a very large family business, then you've got to be able to convincingly make that case on a global level. Yeah. And you're a national player, you've got to make that case on a, on a national level. Yeah. Yeah, I think with, with family business branding come um, expectations. Um, and that's a super important point. So if a family does decide to promote um, their, their family business status, they have to be okay with the fact that not only are, are they going to be a public family, um, so there's going to be more right. scrutiny, but there's also going to be heightened expectations in terms of customer service, in terms of quality, and in terms of corporate citizenship. And if, you're, if they're not willing to act on that, then they should not do it. So really fulfilling the brand promise becomes absolutely paramount and then also linked to the family's reputation. Even if that's not their explicit, explicit brand promise, our research shows us that that's what people expect. They basically, regardless of your size, if you say you're a family business, a customer expects to be able to pick up the phone and basically you know, talk to one of the owners when they have an issue. Whether you promote that or not, that is the, that's the common expectation. You're not done by just saying you're a family business. You really need to make sure that your values are, you know, they're lived all throughout the company, that every employee understands 
what people expect from them because you're a family business. What are sort of like the key questions that you guys think families can get started with? Like, you know, that they should ask themselves if they think like, okay, we really want to consciously make a shift, start using the family ownership and family management as a more conscious brand like association. What are sort of like the key questions that families should ask themselves to begin with to get started into that direction? So, and, and I think we, in, even in our study, we talked about family preparedness. Yeah. So first we got to make sure the family's prepared before we go down that road because you don't want to have unintended negative consequences that were predictable. And then you have business. Like, are there any skeletons in the closet? Um, Are all family members willing to participate in this? That's a very important point. Do they all believe in the story of the family? You know, a lot of families, especially in later generations, um, you might meet them, and, and I don't know if you found this in your interviews, but you would have, uh, say, you know, interview three or four different branches, and they all have a different version of the history of the family. Well, you have or different, different characters that were important, depending on what branch they belong to, right? And if that's the case, then it's really hard to make a family business brand work because there's too much internal conflict. And all you're going to end up doing is somehow signaling that internal conflict to the outside. So if you've got that lack of conflict and shared unity. Then, you then cannot can, overcome it. Then we then we've we're okay to move forward with the family business brand. And then you have a business that is value centered and living its values and has some understanding of its history so that it can live the history. Then we can then we can answer these questions. Do you today think or are you today studying whether a strong family business branding can actually be a, a great factor to encourage, say, the next generation and how they feel about the business and how they feel about their identity linked to the business. We think that anything that you do that encourages pride and information about the business and identification with and identification with the business leads to more commitment and more likelihood of greater uh, succession success. I think it's it, it, it's particularly interesting to talk to the two of you about this subject because, um, I mean, not only because your individual track record in the family business field in general, but because you were some of the first people to interest yourselves actively and call it family business branding within the academic field. In terms of like how you guys have seen this subject evolve within the research field and in terms of what you'd like to see more focus dedicated to in the future, what is what are like your pet peeves and what are like your passions in the in the years to come when it comes to the family business branding topic? I think what I would like to see more is really um, you know hands-on recommendations for for family business owners. How can they do it? Um, there's still very very little research-backed recommendations out there that can guide families in this decision and in this process while considering the fitness of the family. So that first step, the preparedness of the family, without that, you should not go forward. You need to make sure the family is ready and is willing to do that. If you Google it, there's a ton of, you know, there's all the consultancy firms and all the, you know, a lot of marketeers that say, oh yeah, brand your family business, brand your family business. That may not be a good idea if you haven't make sure, made sure beforehand that your family is ready to do that. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. 
Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.